All right, welcome to the ODUBlitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, planning and investing for clients throughout Hampton Roads. I'm Ed Miller, ODU beat writer for the Virginian Pilot. I'm here with columnist Harry Minium. Harry, it's a bye week, but we're here to talk football. We are. Um, last week, Old Dominion made its first visit ever to Virginia Tech, to Lane Stadium. What were your impressions of both ODU and the Hokies? Yeah, the Hokies are as good as advertised. Uh, top 10 quality team, uh, you know, dynamic offense, really good defense. Uh, Bud Foster defense, uh, one of the best he's had in a few years. ODU had some chances. Uh, you know, they went into this game shorthanded, particularly on offense. Tough way to go down to lane and play. Uh, they came out with an aggressive plan to throw the ball. Uh, went for it on fourth down, first possession. Uh, didn't get it. Uh, didn't come close, actually. Yeah, kind of kind of went downhill from there. They, you know, they but had I, some chances. I, I thought that was a good call by oh, Bobby. Yeah, absolutely. Take a chance. Yeah, you yeah. got to be aggressive. Yeah. Uh, they were in the game well into the second quarter. And then the bottom kind of fell out, uh, as you thought it might. Uh, Virginia Tech just started uh, scoring points. ODU never really crossed midfield. They crossed it once. I watched the replay, and they actually yeah. did cross it by this much. <laughs> there was some controversy over where they actually got across midfield. But, you know, uh, I think they played better uh, than they did against Carolina. Um, and I, I imagine you'd probably agree with that. Oh, yeah. I thought they played much better than they did against Carolina. And maybe that had something to do with Carolina and Virginia Tech. I'm not sure that Virginia Tech was really all that amped up to play Old Dominion in the beginning. They certainly got amped up later. And North Carolina was clearly on a mission to win a game against Old Dominion, knowing they had to win it. And they lost to Duke this week, so they're 1-3. Right. So they really didn't need to win the game here. You know, I, I thought Old Dominion uh, was much more impressive defensively against Tech than I thought they would be. It was 3 to nothing midway through the f second quarter. Uh, that's pretty good against the 13th-ranked team in the country. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Um, I, one one good show for Old Dominion, I think one great thing for Old Dominion was a fan turnout. Old Dominion officials said they thought they were 4,500 to 5,000 fans there. I don't think there were that many, but there were a lot. I was out in the tailgate lots for about an hour and a half or two hours just wandering around, and there were a lot of ODU fans, a lot of you know, families split along school mm -hmm. lines, right, so, you know, right. with uh, ODU blue and, and tech maroon and orange. It was, and everyone seemed to get along. The ODU fans made some noise. It's the biggest visiting crowd tech has had since 2015 when NC State came. It, you know, it was a good impression for the ODU fan base, not so much for the team, right. but for the fan base, it was good. There was one cool thing at halftime that I thought was really neat, and that was the ODU band, the marching Virginians, Virginia Tech's marching band, and the Heidi Tidies, the you know the military, the cadet marching band, they're all combined to do a salute to Virginia. They formed the, the uh, map of Virginia, and they had flag wavers, and it was it was pretty cool to see, you know, to see both bands. You know, yeah, all, I all agree. Very nice gesture. Uh, the map of Virginia that obviously took some coordination uh, between the bands. Uh, they they were practicing before yeah, the game. Yeah, so. yeah. ODU did turn out. Uh, the fans were there. Uh, they made their presence known. Uh, seemed like a very, you know, it's a nice day, a little, little hot and humid. But all in all, you know, they stuck their toe in the water. They'll be playing Virginia Tech quite a bit over the next uh, 14 or 15 years. Uh, let's see, 12 times in the next 14 years. Mm -hmm. So Stephen Williams made yeah. his first start, seven, as you chronicled last mm -hmm. week in your profile right. on him. He's the youngest quarterback in major college football. Mm -hmm. How did he do in his first start? 
I mean, he did pretty well. Uh, as Bobby Wilder said, he didn't have a lot of help, uh, unfortunately, from the running game, from the receivers. Uh, the most impressive thing was probably just his athletic ability uh, to stay on the field with a team like that. He was elusive. He had some Houdini-like escapes yeah. from, uh, from the Virginia Tech uh, clutches of their, or their, of their defenders uh, and extended plays. Um, had a couple balls dropped, uh, more than a couple probably. Probably four or five, yeah. I would think. So uh, all in all, as Bobby Wilder said Monday, he really looked like he belonged out there with those level of athletes. This is the best team uh, ODU will play all year athletically. Uh, Stevie Williams looked like he was, you know, right at home. So uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good start for him. I think, uh, you know, he, his stats weren't very good, but you know, it's not always about the stats and uh, you need some help. And uh, all in all, you know, Tech players went out of their way to compliment Williams, and I think it was sincere. Uh, Justin Fuente mentioned it as well. Um, and I don't know, what did you think of the way uh, young Stevie, well, as they call him, played? Yeah. The first thing is he got sacked once, and right. they were all over him. He is really elusive. He's mm -hmm. really athletic. He, he, he had some passes that were off the mark, but he made some really good throws. He should have had one touchdown pass, a pass that was dropped. Right. I think he's got a great future at ODU. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for them. Now, Old Dominion, they got out of the Tech game with, without any major injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have, uh, they, not a lot of players were injured against North Carolina, but they're pretty beaten up. Tell us about their injury situation. Yeah, the conventional wisdom was that they were going to play back-to-back -back games against ACC uh, Power Five schools, Carolina Tech, and that would probably leave them, you know, beaten up. Actually, yeah. it's been practice. It's it was UMass, it was Albany uh, that really has cost uh, OU some some key players. Uh, we've already talked a lot about the guys that are out for the season: uh, Jonathan Duhart, Ray Lowry. Uh, you can add to that list now. Uh, Bumi Rotini missed last week. And with that, was, a, that was a big guy yeah, for them to miss. Yeah, he's their all-time sack uh, leader. Mm -hmm. His backup, Daniel Apu, another defensive end, also out. They're going to be out for a couple more weeks at least. Uh, Melvin Vaughn was still out. Uh, Chad Hendricks still out. Uh, they're expected back for FAU, uh, hopefully. Uh, Akeem Bundu Fitz, a special teams uh, standout. He uh, was hurt in practice. Uh, Jeremy Cox has been playing with a hip pointer, uh, very painful yeah. injury. I understand. He look he looks yeah. like he's injured. The way he's not quite running yeah. as hard as he as he usually does. Yeah, he's not himself. Clearly, yeah. um, to his credit, he's been playing through that. So it's been uh, you know Bobby Wilder says he's got more injuries than he's ever seen, and you know he's been coaching for a long time. They, they've looked at what they're doing in practice to try to make sure there's uh, nothing uh, nothing there. They do practice. Uh, the practices are a little shorter this year. They don't do a ton of hitting on certain days. Uh, you know, yeah, sometimes from what I've seen in practice, they did more hitting last year. And last yeah. year they had virtually no injuries, which is it's pretty amazing. What did Brian yeah. Scott, their offensive <laughs> coordinator, say? <laughs> Brian Scott said the football gods are paying us back. And you know, obviously tongue in cheek, but there's a sense in football that the scales will balance. Yeah. Uh, you know, some years you'll get lucky with injuries, other years not so much. I mean, Daniel Apu's injury uh, was kind of a freak thing. He was apparently cutting the tape off his wrist after a game and sliced his, his hand, his finger. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you can't really account for. It's just uh, bad luck to a certain extent. But they're hoping to get better. 
to heal a little bit this week. They've got uh, some time off. Uh, Bobby gave them uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. And then Thursday and Friday, they're going to go without pads. They'll be back at full go on uh, Sunday. So nice little break uh, That's a, for that, ODU. For all the kids it. with bumps and bruises, that'll yeah. give them some time to heal. Yeah, and we'll take a break ourselves to hear from our sponsors at Lions Bridge Financial Advisors. You embody dedication, sacrifice, and commitment. You are an elite athlete. You know the difference superior coaching makes. Lions Bridge Financial Advisors is here to be your financial coach. We'll help you pack for your athletic journey by gathering a complete picture of where you are and where you want to go and by working with other trusted professionals on your behalf. Well, we're back. Ed, um, ODU has a much-needed buy this week, as we talked about before. Uh, they don't play again until October 7th when Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic comes come right. here, and that should be an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, tell us what ODU's uh, coaches are up to this week. Uh, they've been on the road recruiting uh, pretty much since last uh, Saturday, or they left uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. They'll be back uh, Wednesday night uh, for practice Thursday. Uh, the main goal there is to secure the commitments they've received. They have uh, 12 as of uh, last night. They picked up another from a uh, Anthony Hill, a defensive end from DeMatha committed. He'd been somebody that had been more or less committed. He just hadn't announced it yet. Um, they've got 11 other players and, you know, are hoping to uh, secure the commitments from them. Uh, with the early signing period, you really get a sense of who wants to be at ODU and every other school. You can't string it along till February, and you know Bobby Wilder has said basically that um, if these guys don't sign on signing day, the early signing day, it's a signal that they're still shopping. So ODU is going to continue shopping. And for for those of our fans who don't know, the NCA instituted a new early signing period this year in December. That you have the traditional February signing day, which a couple of years has fallen right. on my birthday, which is a really a bummer because that's right. a 15 hour day. It's a, it's a national holiday, <laughs> national signing day, the banks close, the post offices, it's a big, huge day. But this year there's going to be one, I believe, in mid-December and, um, you, I mean, as Bobby has said, if, mm. uh, if kids aren't committed, they're, they're not committed. Yeah, another thing they're doing, uh, they are going to be uh, looking at, uh, now the players, uh, we didn't talk about what they're doing. They're getting treatments, stretching, uh, you know, probably watching some film, uh, trying to stay off their feet as much as possible. Uh, the coaches are also trying to figure out how to reconfigure the offense or at least tweak it a little bit for uh, Stevie Williams uh, to play to the strengths that he has, which is his athletic ability primarily. Um, they wanted to be a running team at the start of the year. Uh, you know, Ray Lowry, Jeremy Cox, uh, Ray's, Ray is out. Jeremy's been banged up. The offensive line was down another uh, starter, Chad Hendricks. So that's been a bit of a challenge to run the ball. They're hopeful they can still run it in Conference USA. But I think you're going to see them uh, do some more you know, passing than maybe they had uh, planned with, with Stevie Williams, who's got a big-time arm. I'm wondering, are you going back to the spread, Bobby? Are you going to yeah. install the spread offense? I mean, that, that's what ODU ran for years under Taylor Heineke. They were a hurry-up offense. I'm not sure that it makes sense for them to be a hurry-up offense, right. but I would think you're going to see more spread tendencies. One of the problems at Virginia Tech game for ODU, and it's, it's an understandable problem because they, they've lost Duhart and then Zach Paschal was a senior last year, their top two receivers. Um, Travis Fulgham we know is a good receiver. He didn't have a great game against Virginia Tech. And Isaiah Harper 
played pretty well against Virginia Tech. But for the most part, their their receivers didn't run their routes aggressively. Yeah. They dropped passes. Who can step up for ODU that we who maybe hasn't yeah. stepped up yet? They had a hard time getting off the line, getting into their routes. I mean, again, they're facing the best corners they're going to yeah. see all year. Virginia Tech is DBU. Uh, or at that's least true. That's been its reputation. So, yeah, guys like Hassan Patterson, uh, Noah Ellison, uh, Marquez Little, they're going to need to do some things. Uh, another guy, Melvin Vaughn, who we mentioned, uh, is expected yeah. to be back. Melvin's a very versatile guy. He can play H-back, line up in the backfield. He can play tight end. He can play receiver. He sort of brings another element. So uh, they're going to need those guys, maybe, you know, tight end maybe. I mean, some yeah, of those guys have been not very productive. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Fulgham is their primary guy. He's got to kind of take that role that, um, that, that Jonathan Duhart had. Uh, Patterson is another bigger receiver. He had a 17-yard catch on the first play of the game. I don't think he was heard from after that. And uh, Noah Ellison's a guy who had a nice spring. He missed a couple of weeks yeah. in camp with an injury, but he seems to be back. And, um, you know, they, they definitely need uh, some uh, – responses from the receivers for sure. Ellison was uh, last year in spring practice and, and in the um, when they had a lot of futures workouts was they were preparing for the bowl game. He was a star. So yeah. he is he's you know that's the way it is with young kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, actually getting out and playing as a, in a game is difficult, but I know they are hoping for a, you yeah. know that he can really step up for yeah, that. We didn't mention Isaiah Harper who's been coming on as of late. Um, had four catches yeah, against had Tech. four catches, uh, had the 100-yard kickoff return against Carolina, had a 50-yard reception against Carolina. Yeah. Speedy guy, probably the fastest guy in the team, uh, has put on some weight. Oh, my gosh, uh, he doesn't look like the same slot, kid he was. Slot receiver. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a guy that could do some things, and, um, you know, they've got the quarterback that can get them the ball if these guys can get open. He can mm -hmm. keep plays, uh, you know. Alive with his legs, uh, he did that against Tech, and you know we'll see we'll see how they look going forward. So your conference USA uh, rankings came out mm -hmm. this week. Um, ODU dropped a bit, and who's number one? Uh, who's number one? We don't have a number one. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> uh, sticking with our theme of last week. Uh, Nobody's really earned that number one spot at this point. Um, and I think once uh, we're almost done with non-conference play, yeah. I think that the picture will come into a little clearer focus here. Uh, but UTSA and La Tech are the co-number twos. I think that's pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, you know, La Tech pushed South Carolina to the brink. That would have been a huge win for them. Yeah, would have. For the league. Uh, Southern Miss is hanging in there at number three. Then we go to the East Western Kentucky, which... You know, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good win uh, on Saturday uh, over uh, was it Ball State, uh, Middle Tennessee, Marshall, who's coming off a bye week, has a big game this week at Cincinnati. Then from there, North Texas, ODU, uh, Florida International, which is a little surprising, and, yeah. uh, has a chance to be three and one, yeah. two and zero oh in the league. Um, then we've got UAB, which is very competitive. Uh, you, uh, FAU, Rice, UTEP, and Charlotte again. Yeah, Rice, UTEP, and Charlotte. They're in the. Uh, there's a guy who does the bottom ten, I believe, for ESPN. They're mm -hmm. both. They're all three of them are in the bottom ten. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's it is what it is. The bottom of the league is is bad. Know, is yeah. not too good. But um, you know another so-so week for Conference USA. Uh, it was so that that 17 to 16 loss. Louisiana Tech is South Carolina. What a heartbreaker. They lose on a last-second field goal. 
Uh, Jake Bentley, the uh, brother of Shuler Bentley, the former ODU quarterback, I think it was 22 of 34, three touch, two touchdown passes. I mean, that's just a tough loss. Um, for the rest of the league, Charlotte just got destroyed by Georgia Southern, uh, excuse me, Georgia State, 28 to nothing, and that's not a very good Georgia State team. They're winless. Florida Atlantic lost at Buffalo. They're one and three, not a, not a, that's a bad loss. New Mexico State crushed UTEP, which is 0-4. UTSA, Middle Tennessee, and Western, as you mentioned, all mm -hmm. won. But by my count, and uh, this is unofficial, as they say about balloting, uh, Conference USA is 2-15 versus Power 5 schools. And 8-9 and against the other mid-major schools. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Not a terrible record, but right. not great either. Yeah, and one of those Power 5 schools is uh, Baylor, yeah. who I think is winless. The uh, Ofer Bears. Yeah, so... You know, it is what it is. They beat uh, Syracuse, uh, middle beat Syracuse. You know, they had, I think they had two Power 5 wins last year, right? I uh, believe they've yeah. had two the last two years. Yeah, so, so yeah. they're kind of right on schedule. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure off the top of my head if there's any other chances to play P5s. I'm not, I don't I oh, think no, there Pitt. are a couple. Rice yeah. has got Pitt. Uh, yeah. Probably not going to win that game. No. Uh, so speaking of games, we'll look ahead and see what we've got going on this week. But we talked about Rice at Pitt. Two one and three teams. Yeah, um, Pitt, Pitt should win that easily. Yeah, Rice has got. Uh, I think they have Army next week, so Rice has got a tough, yeah. tough road to hold. Uh, this week, Army's uh, speaking of Army hosting UTEP. Yes. Yeah, and UTEP will fall zero and five. Yeah, it's a long way to go. Um, yeah. UTEP's defense is not very good uh, statistically. Army's rushing attack is third in the nation. They they yeah. run. Yeah, that's what they do. They run the ball. Service Academy like Navy. Uh, Georgia Tech is also the triple option team, so yeah. that's a tough, tough uh, matchup. Yeah, it is. Charlotte at FIU. Be interesting to see how Florida International does in this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if they don't beat Charlotte, they're not going to beat a lot of people. But right. if they do, they're three and three and one, one two and zero oh in the league. They're yeah. the, on top of the the East. Who yeah. would have thought? No kidding. Middle Tennessee at Florida Atlantic. It's a big game for Middle. They need to win this game, um, and it's on it's on one of the few games that everyone can access. It's on broadcast TV, stadium TV, and on mm -hmm. Twitter. So yeah, yeah. I mean, ODU fans might want to take a look at that game because uh, FAU is the opponent uh, next week. So you want to get a look at Lane Kiffin's team. Uh, Middle Tennessee will be without its quarterback, uh, Brent Stockstill, at probably till November, from what I'm hearing. Which yeah. he'll probably be back in time to play ODU. <laughs> that would be <laughs> just ODU's luck this yeah, year. Yeah, real good quarterback, probably the, you know the, among the best if not the best in the league at the yeah. end of the season. Uh, North Texas and Southern Miss, that's a good uh, that's, conference game. That's a really good yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. See how that goes. Uh, don't have a clear uh, – North Texas is putting up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Uh, Southern Miss has a pretty good defense, at least statistically. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Marshall at Cincinnati, that's an interesting game as we talked about. Yeah, because my, you know Marshall is uh, – They've they beaten a couple of Mid-American Conference teams. They mm. played NC State really well. They led NC State early, and it was a competitive game. You know, they, they're probably the surprise team this year in Conference USA. Yeah, they have a common opponent. They've each beaten Miami of Ohio. Marshall, I think, beat them by five. Uh, Cincinnati beat them by four, if I'm not mistaken. So it means Marshall's a point take that, favorite. Take, yeah. take from that what you will. Uh, sometimes those things don't really translate. Yeah. And uh, we've got South Alabama at Louisiana Tech. I would expect the Bulldogs to take care of business yeah. in that game. Interesting fact about the Sun Belt. Um, I believe there are 12 or 13 teams in the league, one team with a winning record. South Alabama at 1-3 and three is not one of them. That league's having a tough year. Yeah. 
So we got an open date uh, this Saturday. Uh, I'll be watching some football games, you know, getting some treatment in the treatment room. You know, we writers get banged up in, in, the, in the schedule as well. Especially Her covering games at Foreman Field, which is tough, tough no, to do. No, no, no. We've, we've, we've said enough about that. We're probably, we're probably bang, we're probably beating that. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, the ground. But so, Harry, and you, you've got you've got a, a rather interesting game to cover. Yeah, I'm headed back to Blacksburg, the uh, six-hour drive from Norfolk to Blacksburg, which is a actually along Route 460 is a scenic drive. Um, you know, it's long, but it's it's it's. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, number two, Clemson uh, at number 11, Virginia Tech. ESPN Game Day is there. Um, games a sellout. Uh, big opportunity for Virginia Tech. Uh, it's an 8 p.m. start, so don't look for it in your morning paper on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, but go to go to pilotonline.com, where we'll have updates, and I'll have a column Sunday morning on the game. And also follow me on Twitter if you want periodic updates. And buy the Sunday paper because I'm going to have a column on the ODU football stadium and what I think are some flaws in the um, stadium study done by Populous Associates for ODU about a year and a half ago. Um, Seems like a long time ago, a year and a half. It does. A lot but, of things change. But they've hired Populous now to, to design the stadium, and there's some things I think that they ought to take a look at, and I think officials at ODU would not disagree with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you look at Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente, he's just done a phenomenal job. Just I was, I was talking to some Tech fans. I mean, he took over that program last year from Frank Beamer. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a new coaching staff, new system. He goes 10-4. and four. They come back, win their bowl game. They almost beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. And they're 4-0 this year. You know, regardless of how they do, that's a pretty amazing job. Yeah, he's, so. he's really stepped in. Uh, Bobby Wilder had some interesting thoughts on this game, uh, saying yeah. he, you know, he, he really gives Tech a good chance, uh, saying that he thought one of the key matchups was Tech's offensive line against Clemson's defensive front, which is pretty dominant. Um, yeah. So I don't know. How do you see it going, Harry? I I think Clemson wins. I just it's a, they've got a dynamic offense, and their defensive line is um, one of the best I've ever seen. Um, but you but you never know. You just never know. Yeah. Um, you know it's in Blacksburg. You know that's why they play the games. Mm -hmm. Ed, you covered the ACC for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. what do you, how do you see it? Yeah, I'm with you, Harry. I think Clemson will win this. I just think they're um, you know tech tech is on the rise certainly. Uh, Clemson's maybe just a, you know is, is a little more established at this point. Um, their defense is really good. Tech's offense, Tech doesn't have a uh, really impressive. I mean, they've got running backs who are who are you know who are good, serviceable. Yeah. Um, they've I think they've had better groups over the years. Uh, Cam Phillips is a really good receiver. Uh, Savoy, who played with Stephen Williams uh, in high school, is another, but he's a freshman. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just think, I'm not sure Tech will, will score quite enough. I, I could be entirely wrong, but I'll be looking forward to watching it um, and reading about it, <laughs> reading what you have to say about it. Um, and that'll wrap it up for us this week. I'm Ed Miller uh, for Harry Minium. We'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, planning and investing for clients throughout Hampton Roads. If you have any comments, questions, we'd be happy to hear them. And uh, don't forget to check out odublitz.com for the most complete ODU coverage anywhere. For Harry Minium, we will talk to you again same time next week.